Hi everyone, I'm Anya Parampil and this is Redlines. My guest today is Ben Norton of The Gray Zone. His latest investigation is titled, Biden State Media Appointee Advocated Using Propaganda Against Americans and Rethinking the First Amendment. Welcome to Redlines, Ben. Thanks for having me, Anya. It's glad I'm glad always glad to be here and <laughs> in in Aaron Mate's setup this time. So I don't want to confuse our viewers. <laughs> I'm not it, Aaron Mate. It's almost like a crossover episode. Let's start by discussing who exactly is Richard Stengel and why his appointment to the Biden transition team should concern anyone who believes in a free press. Yeah, Anya, this is an extremely important issue that's not really getting much media coverage. We've seen over the past several years a real a growing campaign to censor alternative voices in social media, to censor independent media outlets. And Richard Stengel, who was now tapped to be the head of the state media organization for the Biden-Harris transition team, I, I think this is something that should be really concerning to anyone who, who's concerned, who cares about press freedoms and, and the First Amendment. This is a guy who has a long history of censorship and now as the head of the U.S. Agency for Global Media for the transition team under Biden. And I can talk about what that agency is, but it's basically... It's the U.S. government agency that oversees propaganda and state media. He the, he is now overseeing basically the relationship between the U.S. government, its public relations team and the U.S. public, the U.S. taxpayers. This is a guy who has on repeated occasions defended the use of propaganda. And in an event in 2018, Richard Stengel actually advocated the use of government propaganda on U.S. citizens. He openly said that. You know, my old job at the State Department was what people used to joke as the chief propagandist job. We haven't talked about propaganda. Propaganda, I'm not against propaganda. Every country does it, and they have to do it to their own population, and I don't necessarily think it's that awful. This is someone who also has called for rethinking the First Amendment, as he put it. And this is a guy who really has a, a kind of new Cold War worldview. I mean, he's a Cold Warrior in, in the sense that he sees Russia in particular, but also China as these grave threats to U.S. national security. And his solution as someone who is a PR flack, as someone who was a, a kind of a journalist, I wouldn't really call him a journalist, but he edited Time magazine. This is a guy who thinks that we need to control people's access to information to carefully mediate it, that the role of the government is to curate information and to prevent foreign so-called disinformation from reaching the U.S. public. So, the, the you know, the Biden administration won't even take office for around three months, but we've already seen many hints that it's going to ramp up even further the massive campaign of censorship we've seen in the past few years. What exactly is the purpose of the United States Agency for Global Media, which Stengel is now tasked with working on during this transitional period? That's a really good question, Anya. This is the group USAGM, also pronounced USAGM, which is a horrible acronym. But this is the U.S. government's media arm. As I said, it oversees state media. Now, in order to understand what this is, we have to go back to the first Cold War. During the first Cold War, the U.S. government created a series of propaganda outlets to spread disinformation. It, it's so funny hearing the U.S. government accuse other countries of disinformation because 
the United States has, has mastered the art of disinformation for decades. And during the first Cold War, the U.S. government created first what was something called actually the CIA specifically, the Central Intelligence Agency, created an organization that was known as Radio Liberation from Bolshevism. <laughs> I mean, the name wasn't subtle. It's very clear what the point was. It was to spread propaganda and disinformation against the Soviet Union and allied socialist countries in the Eastern Bloc in order to destabilize and eventually overthrow their governments. This eventually it changed its name and, and rebranded itself as Radio Liberty and Radio Free Europe. And then they combined and it became Radio Free Europe, Radio Liberty, RFERL. So in addition to Radio Free Europe and Radio Liberty, the U.S. government during the Cold War created a series of other propaganda outlets. Radio Free Asia was also created by the CIA after the Chinese Revolution in the early 1950s to spread propaganda to destabilize and overthrow the People's Republic of China, something that they're still trying to do in the new Cold War. And then the U.S. government created something called Radio Marti, which is propaganda against Cuba and the leftist governments in Latin America. And then finally, there are a series of other outlets overseeing Arabic language broadcast in the Middle East. There's something called Radio Farda, which oversees Farsi or, or Persian language propaganda to destabilize Iran. So what happened is the U.S. government created all of these propaganda outlets to spread disinformation against the official enemies of the U.S. empire. And then in the 1990s, the, the Clinton administration created an overarching institution that would oversee all of these disparate propaganda outlets and centralize them. And that organization was called the BBG, the Broadcasting Board of Governors. In 2018, it rebranded and is now USAGM, the U.S. Agency for Global Media. So we need to understand, I, I mean, I went through that history really quickly because it's important to understand that this organization, literally, this is not hyperbole, has its roots in the CIA. Its most important constituent organizations were created by the CIA as a form of information warfare during the first Cold War. And now in the new Cold War, on uh, not just Russia, but also China, the U.S. government is really ramping up efforts. And, and this began not under Trump, but actually under Barack Obama. He had a pivot to Asia under the Hillary Clinton State Department, and they invested more and more in state media propaganda, in fighting so-called disinformation, and in creating a whole new institution. And Richard Stengel helped oversee all of this. I should have mentioned that Richard Stengel, as the Undersecretary for Public Affairs for the U.S. State Department, the longest serving Undersecretary for Public Affairs in the history of the U.S. State Department, he oversaw a massive move toward an information war. That's not my language. This is the language that Stengel himself uses. He wrote a book called Information Wars, and he frequently advocates for more information wars on Russia and China and other official enemies. Well, while he was at the State Department, he also oversaw the creation of a body that's called the Global Engagement Center. Now, that sounds nice, engagement, we're going to engage the globe. What it really is, it amounts to a massive propaganda organization, a propaganda institution created by the U.S. government to spread disinformation about all of these foreign boogeymen that the U.S. wants to target for regime change. So the fact that he, the, the, the former a senior member of the State Department, one of the top members, top 10 members of the Obama administration's State Department, the fact that he is now overseeing the Biden team's transition team's U.S. Agency for Global Media, I think should be really troubling because 
This is a guy who specialized in disinformation against foreign adversaries and spreading propaganda at the State Department. And now he has shifted roles and is overseeing the actual U.S. government propaganda apparatus itself. So he's going to use those same information war tactics, that same worldview that he used in the new Cold War against Russia and China. He's now going to use that to to oversee an organization that creates its own media publications, that creates its own news broadcasts. And those are not only targeted against foreigners, against people of other countries, but also against U.S. citizens themselves. Well, in his brief exit from the government under the Trump administration, how has Stengel already played an active role in social media censorship we've experienced in recent years? Well, that's a really good question, Anya. We, of course, can't know completely because he's done a lot of this work behind the scenes. We do know a few things. First of all, after leaving the Obama administration, he had a few different jobs. One of them was as an advisor to the company that owns Snapchat and Bitmoji. So he's definitely been involved in the actual companies themselves, these big tech corporate conglomerates that control social media platforms. We also know that he is a distinguished fellow, not, not, not a mere fellow, a distinguished fellow at the Atlantic Council. People who follow the gray zone probably know, they've probably heard of the Atlantic Council. It's one of the most influential think tanks in Washington, D.C., and really the world. It's effectively NATO's de facto think tank, the de facto think tank of the NATO military alliance led by the United States. The Atlantic Council is funded by the United States. It's also funded by Britain by the United Arab Emirates, an authoritarian absolute monarchy. It's funded by a slew of Western fossil fuel corporations and weapons manufacturers and NATO itself. So the Atlantic Council is a very heavy player. It's a, it's a juggernaut when it comes to U.S. politics, and it enjoys a close relationship with the Democratic Party in, in particular, certain neoconservative Republicans, but largely the more hawkish wing of the Democratic Party, which is the leadership of the Democratic Party. And especially with the Biden administration, Joe Biden has a very close relationship with the Atlantic Council. It has awarded him and it also has links to Burisma, people might know, which is the Ukraine, very shady Ukrainian gas company that Hunter Biden, Joe Biden's son, sat on the board of and was getting paid $80,000 a month to basically do nothing, just collecting all this money in what definitely looks like an influence peddling operation. So the point is that the Atlantic Council, there's a lot of questions to ask about it. And Richard Stengel got a, a job as a distinguished fellow at the Atlantic Council overseeing its media research lab. Now, its media research lab has been very much involved in censorship efforts. They have accused numerous independent media outlets falsely, ap apocryphally, without any evidence, of being linked to foreign adversaries like Russia and Iran. They have really helped fuel efforts to purge social media accounts of foreigners, of foreign journalists, of foreign media outlets, especially Venezuelans, Syrians, Iranians, Russians, Chinese. 
really, if the U.S. government doesn't like you, you're probably going to be censored. And who's going to help justify the censorship? Well, the Atlantic Council and its media research lab. I should have mentioned that the Atlantic Council is a partner of Facebook and its so-called fact-checking efforts. So the point is that there's a revolving door, of course, between K Street, where all the think tanks are, and the U.S. government, especially the Democratic administrations. And the Joe Biden administration, I mean, Joe Biden, let's be let's be frank here. He is suffering from serious, serious cognitive decline, mental problems and dementia. So he's not really going to be in charge of crafting his own policy. He can barely even give a speech, yet alone follow complex geopolitical analysis. His his policies are going to be overseen by these think tankers on K Street who work for these hawkish military industrial complex NATO funded think tanks that have a vested interest in pushing more war in more imperial overreach in more foreign intervention. So people like Stengel are going to be the ones who who really helped craft policy. They're going to have an oversized role in the Biden administration. And this is a guy who Again, this is an information warrior, a self-declared info warrior. And finally, I, I should mention one other important detail on this. After leaving the Obama administration, Richard Stengel became a regular public, a re- regular political analyst on MSNBC. You know, some people have jokingly referred to it as MSDNC, or I, I prefer MS, MSNBCIA, because in the Trump era, we've seen that MSNBC and these elements of the national security state, these U.S. spy agencies have merged. We see John Brennan, the former director of the CIA, is a regular daily analyst on MSNBC. And they brought in a lot of other former Obama national security state officials, Stengel being one of them. And what was he doing on MSNBC? He was, of course, constantly pushing pushing this refrain of Russiagate, this conspiracy that the Republican president, Donald Trump, is a Putin puppet that he had in the language that Stengel used on MSNBC, he, he referred to Stengel as uh, he referred to Trump rather as having a one sided bromance with Vladimir Putin. And of course, he pushed constantly this refrain that the, the nefarious Russians are spreading constant disinformation, as he put it, on social media. And we need to censor social media to protect the American public from so-called disinformation. And what do we know about Stengel's views on the First Amendment, particularly how he views alternative media? Because he's made some pretty disturbing comments. Absolutely. I published an article at The Gray Zone that you mentioned, Anya. People can find that at thegrayzone.com. And in that, I have video clips of a 2018 event that Stengel moderated at the Council on Foreign Relations. This is another one of the very important think tank juggernauts in the U.S. It has a revolving door with the U.S. government and U.S. intelligence agencies. And the fact that he was working with the Council on Foreign Relations, again, should also raise red flags. But specifically, he had this event at the Council on Foreign Relations in 2018. And in this event, the the topic was fighting disinformation. And there were members of, of researchers at Harvard's Kennedy School, which is a very hawkish institution and Stengel, who were amplifying this idea that there's there's a, a horrible, malicious campaign of disinformation, and Americans are just lost adrift in this ocean of lies and propaganda. And who's responsible? The Kremlin and China and Iran. So in the event, 
he said that we he not not only he but other members of uh, other panelists at this council on foreign relations event they argue that the u.s government should have a more active role in censoring social media and they argued also that the first amendment needs to be rethought and stengel himself said and i have the video clip for people who don't believe me he said in this 2018 event that I used to be a First Amendment strong supporter of it. I used to strongly believe, you know, in the in the freedom of, sp of speech, freedom of the press. And again, this is a guy who used to be a managing editor of Time magazine. But he said that my views on that have changed. And after his time in the Obama State Department and, and the supposed threat of disinformation from Russia and China and other boogeymen, he has rethought that and he says, he says very explicitly that we need to rethink the First Amendment. I actually, ha having once been a, almost a First Amendment absolutist, I've really moved my position on it um, because I just think for practical reasons and for society, we have to kind of rethink some of those things. No, I, I don't want to, I'm not trying to say, and I, you know, people who defending him might say, well, he's not saying that, that he's going to end the First Amendment. Certainly he's not saying that. But what he's saying is that the U.S. government is going to play a more active role in policing the freedom of the press and freedom of speech. It's no longer going to have, to the extent it ever really had it, of course, that, that's a myth, but the extent to which the U.S. government has in the past claimed to support freedom of the press and freedom of speech, we, we should not expect that under the, the Biden administration. We're in the new Cold War, and they're going to use the so-called threats of foreign adversaries and also they're going to exaggerate the threats of extremist far-right groups inside the United States and say that if we don't crack down on freedom of the press and freedom of speech, the security of the American public is going to be threatened. And finally, I'll add that this is not just Stengel. We also just saw today. Today is, is November 13th. There is a new article in The New Yorker, the liberal bourgeois magazine of record, and it's written by the former top lawyer for the National Security Agency, the NSA. Of course, people probably know that Edward Snowden, the whistleblower, exposed how the NSA ha has spied on millions and millions of Americans on our phone calls, on our emails on all of our communications. The NSA also spies on people around the world, including so-called allies of the United States, like the German chancellor and Australia and other countries. But the point is that the former lawyer, the top lawyer who oversaw this massive espionage, mass surveillance campaign at the NSA under not just Obama, but also Trump, he just wrote this article in The New Yorker warning of the threat of so-called disinformation. Again, saber rattling about Russia and China, claiming that they're manipulating our open platforms of social media and that we need to crack down on social media. We need to censor social media to protect U.S. national security, in scare quotes. So we see a host of figures. It's not just Richard Stengel. We see a host of figures from the U.S. national security state, these spy agencies who have spied on us, American citizens, taxpayers, for years. And now they're going even further and saying that not only are we going to spy on Americans, we're going to censor their free speech. We're going to censor independent alternative media outlets in the name of protecting so-called national security. That's unfortunately what we can expect even more of with the Biden administration.
It's especially concerning considering you have the so-called progressive wing of the Democratic Party led by figures such as Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez actually advocating for more labeling and more censorship on these social media sites. It's something we're going to have to watch very closely as people who depend on, on outlets such as Twitter and Facebook and YouTube, for that matter, to spread our information and consume it. So Ben Norton, thank you so much for breaking down this story and for following it to begin with. Thanks for having me, Anya. It's very important. And like you said, I mean, we as independent journalists, I think we're definitely going to speak out a lot about the growing attempts at censorship. And I think all of our viewers, too, should really be concerned about this because it really could could threaten the gray zone, but not just the gray zone. It could threaten a host of independent media outlets that people rely on so they don't just have this spoon fed controlled information from a, a small handful of corporate outlets. So thanks a lot, Anya. Mm -hmm.